to the Shatter Order Podcast. If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you've found the podcast you're looking for. Hey, we don't serve their kind here. With your hosts... Good night, punk. He doesn't like you. And Wind Killer Inc. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We want it, Ben. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shadow Order Podcast. You're not used to hearing my voice first because Dan is gone. We were unable to get something done, so it's just me, Wink, this week. Wait, no, it's not. I have our guests, two of you, Giggles and Eric. How's it going? Great, Michael. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I guess, uh, you know, this is my second time in recent history here. So uh, you're going to have to ban me from the show pretty soon. Or make you a regular one of the two. One of the two. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, yeah, so unfortunately, this podcast is going out late because, you know, Dan and I, uh, there was some stuff that came up and we weren't able to get it done this weekend. So it's Sunday afternoon and we're recording now, but we're getting it done. And there was a lot to talk about. Apparently, uh, this was a pretty busy week. So uh, let's dig into the big, important information. Um, the Gauntlet Starfighter. Is that what it is? Y'all heard about this, right? Yeah. Yep. Gar Saxon's ship and Super Commando. I guess it's a dual pilot ship. Did you hear about the controversy about it not being a Gauntlet Starfighter? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's apparently not a Gauntlet Starfighter. It is what the Fang. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Y'all seen the Reddit post from? God bless. I cannot remember who it was. It was it. I'm not a Jedi. Or I'm not really a Jedi. I can't remember who it was. There was an amazing post on the forums about how they kind of dropped the ball. It may have been Top Hat. I think it was Top Hat. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds right. So basically, if you didn't already know this or if you didn't see it, uh, the Gauntlet Starfighter that we see in game is not actually a Gauntlet Starfighter. It is the Fang. And, um, yeah, so that started a big fuss on Reddit and the forums, and they're looking into it. There has to be, you know, the process of going through whatever they go through to get stuff approved. So we'll either be seeing a new model or a new name tagged onto that ship uh, to correct it because, you know, a Star Wars game should have accurate Star Wars information, right? 
Definitely. They need uh, the red shirt guy from Blizzard. Uh, I wouldn't have known, <laughs> to be honest with you. I consider myself a fan. I wouldn't even have known. I, and I think it was yeah, actually somebody either. on the forum that that brought it up, right? Yes, it was. So it wasn't something internally that they figured out. Yeah, Correct. It was somebody else that actually pointed out to them, which is kind of amusing. So, uh, along with that update, they removed Death Trooper and Krennic from the Shard Shop, which I was kind of sad to see Death Trooper go because I'm kind of working on him. I should have bought his shards whenever I had the chance and I didn't, and I'm kind of kicking myself now. But, if you want Nihilus, Sith Trooper, or Sith Assassin shards, now's your time. I'm sure... Eric, are you farming these guys? I assume you are, right? Um, so I started off hell-bent on planning to spend all of my shard shop currency on Sith Assassin um, because I love her and I use her in Arena, along with Darth Nihilus. But everything that I've learned over the course of, well, since she was released, is her, her damage does go up exponentially when you increase her star level. Um, and then uh, Gig so um, nicely informed me that if you took a holistic approach, you can get her in Cantina. And Darth Nihilus, if you want to increase his star level, is going to be a significantly longer grind with just a single hard node. Yep. So actually, I've been pouring all of my shard shop currency into Darth Nihilus, and I think I'm at two out of 100. So I'm, on, I'm six star now, and I could probably get him about... 45 more shards if I spend all the rest of my currency. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to do that or not. But then again, Gig also pointed out, and sorry I keep talking for you, Gig. Maybe you might want to just chime in. But he was like, <laughs> there, what's the point? Like, between a four star and a six star, if you're not going to seven star Darth Nihilus, then you can't use him in raids. So, you know, like the value that you've spent all the shard shop currency on is kind of negligible because. It's just fractional health and protection increases. So now I'm, I'm at that cusp. I either need to like go all in or, or save the last little bit of shard shop currency I have for something down the road. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything there, um, you, you represented everything I said correctly. Um, <laughs> so I did get Darth Nihilus up to seven stars. Um, I think I bought maybe three full rows from Shard Shop. I bought a couple eight packs. Um, and while we're on the topic of eight packs, um, the last eight pack that I bought was probably like, you know, back when Jedi Anakin, Jedi Knight Anakin got a rework. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that the drop rate of desirable characters like Krennic, Death Trooper, uh, the three Sith guys, um, it's actually pretty high. So um, if you feel like getting an 8-pack, it might not be such a bad investment. Um, having said that, you might get junk. You know, don't, don't hold me responsible for that. But um, <laughs> it wasn't as rare as, you know, some of the other... Uh, well, some of the other packs, right? Some of some of the yeah. other packs were pretty disappointing, and and the eight pack I think is is pretty reasonable. Um, so I did seven star my Darth Nihilus. Um, I've used him twice against the Rancor. It's pretty fun. Uh, I used him today against the B two uh, rocket droid in AAT. It's pretty fun. Um, yep, yep. Um, but 
Yeah, absolutely. I would say um, spend your shard shop currency on Darth Nihilus. Um, you know, if you're running an emulator, use that script to spend all your bronzeums um, and just farm uh, Sith Assassin and Cantina because incremental upgrades like, you know, five star, six star, you're going to notice that difference in your arena. Whereas with Darth Nihilus in arena, you don't really notice any difference. I mean, they're going to annihilate your Nihilus. They're not going to kill him manually. Um, and so four to seven star isn't really going to matter. Um, and then you can't really use him in raids unless he's seven star or six star if you're, if you're playing a lower level raid. Yep. Right. Good point. I will, I will say we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I, I don't know if it's user bias, but I do feel like the higher energy node cantina so i've been now farming sith assassin since the day she went into cantina with all my accrued energy and then my 100 100 refreshes and it's not going as fast as i would have liked i'm like i probably average about six or seven shards a day but it just doesn't feel very fast if that makes any sense yeah i know what you mean i've been farming death trooper and I feel like I'm getting nowhere. It's slow as hell. And he's, uh, I don't believe he's even a six, or he might be a 16 energy. Yeah, he is. But he is. Uh, yeah. the drop rates just seem completely terrible. It's kind of frustrating. So I'm glad you I'm know, not farming I, any of these other guys. Yeah, I will say that it could just be that the difference is the number of like the, the energy cost to farm that node. And so you're actually just not doing as many Sims as you would for yeah. you know, a, like a lower energy tune. And so like if you're only doing five and you're only getting two, you know, two, um, two shards and it, it feels really slow and low, oh. but it may just be the cost. Oh, if I was getting two shards for every five attempts, I would be over the moon at this <laughs> point. <laughs> Uh, but that was just an arbitrary <laughs> number I pulled out. <laughs> uh, okay, so Darth Nihilus is on the um, dark side 9A, and you have your Sith Trooper and Sith Assassin on 8B and 8C relatively in the cantina. So those guys you can actually farm now, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty much that for them. And then th- there is an update on the Assault Battle Force Moon, uh, which will be coming soon. We just had the Places of Power Assault Battle, and it had, you know, three tiers. It had the hard, very hard, and the bonus tier. They're doing the same thing with the Force Moon Battle. It'll have the three tiers. The difficulty has been readjusted across all the tiers to help provide something challenging, is what the update says. And uh, the rewards have been increased. You're going to have the same first-time rewards. However, recompleting it, it will now grant four shards of a single Ewok, credits, salvage, and a single mod. Of four dots or better. Nice. I am super excited about this. You have no idea. I love mods. Free mods. I will take them all day. Me too. 
And then, especially since I'm not farming them right now because I'm yeah. farming Sith Assassin. Yeah. yeah, that's a bad thing about those Cantina characters. Not really getting any mods unless you're buying them, unfortunately. Um, uh, let's see. That's pretty much it. There were some other mechanic updates as far as uh, the special ability defend. It's better now. It grants crit avoidance. Adds a little health, a little more defense, and a few smaller updates like that. But that is all the big stuff for that. And that was most of the smaller basic stuff before we get to, you know, something that people are probably a little bit more excited about. So uh, if I could jump in here, I think this is actually relevant to the okay. new section. Um, I saw on Reddit people were asking what the reward was for showing your ally code to the CG booth mm-hmm. yes. guys. And um, there is a little bit of confusion about it, so I thought it would be good to talk about it on this podcast. Um, I received in my inbox, um, I think it was, what, 1,500 crystals? Um, that, as far as I know, nobody else in uh, Shattered Order received. And I also received um, Chewy Shards. So uh, (laughs) they're back at it with their Chewy Shards thing. But um, it is my understanding and my conclusion that that was the reward. It was uh, some crystals and some Chewy Shards. So if you feel like you missed out, you absolutely did because I got Chewy Shards and you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally understandable. That's pretty good reward. Uh, So the three Chewy Shards, they are clearly still trolling us. as we know, they they have actually kind of accepted the joke of the Chewy Shards, and they have embraced it, which is good to see. And 1,500 crystals for going to Celebration. Not bad. Not not bad at all. I mean, it, it did honestly encourage me to be a little bit looser with my purse here, especially when it comes to um, all the previously premium characters that are, you know, coming out of the floodgates with Krennic, Death Trooper, and then the three Sith. So, yeah, good timing on their part. Heck yeah. Nice. Well, uh, I want some Chewy Shards. I think we all want Chewy Shards. And, I mean, you could go farm them if you want. Or what you could do is go farm some Empire characters because you may need them this week. Yeah. Did you hear about this event that's coming this week? I'm excited. I think everyone is absolutely over the moon. This is the thing we've all been waiting for. The Daring Droid (laughs) event. Surely you've heard about it. Uh, This is kind of what everybody was talking about, what we've been talking about for a couple weeks now on the podcast, about getting your Empire characters ready, because that was kind of the rumor going around, was that the next legendary event was going to be R2, and you were going to need Empire, and we now know that's exactly what it is. So, you guys, you got your Empire characters ready to go? I hope so. I'm not concerned. Um, I am working on my troopers, though, which I guess we'll get to a little bit later. But 
Um, for now, I, I think I'm good. I am interested in this special rule that they have with this R2 event regarding Vader's uh, turn meter removal. Yes. Did you hear about this? I did. So they're basically making it to where turn meter reduction does not really work in this event. Yeah. I think that's really curious. I'm I'm not exactly sure why. Um, every other time we fought R2, he's been pretty fast. So it seems like even if you did remove his turn meter, he would still get a turn eventually. So I'm kind of wondering what this event must look like where they thought uh, they got to get rid of TMR. Okay, so uh, maybe. this that fact is a serious nerf on three characters. If you have a Zated Vader, that's obviously a nerf to his leader ability. You may be better off going with Palpatine if you got him. Magma Trooper, a.k.a. Jerry, that's what he does is remove turn meter. He doesn't do a whole lot else. He just kind of hangs out and removes turn meter. So that obviously makes him much less valuable in this event. And Tarkin's AoE, it also removes turn meter and... So if you're relying on those three guys, not good. If you're relying on Jerry, then, I mean, you got other problems. You're you're in a bad place anyway, that's true, yeah. (laughs) Touche. Maybe maybe when they were doing their QA testing, they just saw that the event was way too easy with the turn meter reduction. And instead of increasing the difficulty, it was just easier for them to take that, that, you know, that characteristic or that feature out just for the event so this kind of leads into something else i kind of wanted to talk about was the easiest to get empire characters you know if you're kind of behind on those two of those are jerry in galactic war and grand marf tarkin in squad arena both of those guys have aoe's that remove turn meter and so i think that's kind of curious that two of the easiest Empire characters to get are heavily nerfed for this event. Yeah. Now... Again, I'm just... We'll we'll know when it comes. I just think it's a difficulty thing, and sometimes the easiest tweak is one that may not make sense, but... Yep. No, I, I agree. I think that's what it is, too. So... I mean, Vader, I'm not sure how good he's going to be. Uh, as leader, at least. I think he'll be... As a leader? Um, I mean, he still gives offense, right? And yeah. that's pretty important. Yes. Um, but I think the gaining turn meter from Palpatine will be a lot more useful. Since you can't remove turn meter. Yeah, I Correct. see. Yeah. So... Uh, as far as the team that I'm planning on using in this event, I've got Palpatine at gear 11. I plan on him being my leader. I've got TIE Fighter Pilot gear 11. I'll be using him. And then I have my gear 10 Vader. I have my gear 9 Royal Guard. And then the only two uh, seven star characters that I have besides them is Tarkin and Jerry. Probably going with Tarkin. But. Tarkin does offense down, so that's probably going to be really good. Yeah, that that's a good what point. Gear, what gear level is your Tarkin, Michael? Uh, he's currently gear seven. 
So Me too. I'm going to have to All put right. a little bit of resources into him. Um, he's going to be, pr- he's easy to take to gear eight. I'm hoping I don't have to, but I have a feeling I probably will. What about y'all? What teams are I'm, you I'm, using? I'll be running the exact same team. Um, as you, though I may, um, you know, for the earlier levels, the lower levels where the star requirement might be lower, I may run, uh, shore trooper instead of Tarkin just for the heck of it. That's a good point. Yeah, because if you've got Shore Trooper, I can't imagine most people have him seven-starred, but if you've got him, you know, four or five-starred, he should help. Um, He could be really useful there. My Death Trooper's five-star, so I may use him up until that point, but... Yeah, the nice thing about Shore Trooper's auto-taunt is that in events like these, especially... What what are we guessing? Like this is going to be an eight round event or something. Um, if that's might... the case, he taunts at the start of every single round, and you don't need to like manually refresh it because each round counts as a new encounter. So that first turn taunt is going to be really really good. Actually, that's a uh, interesting that that you think that it's going to be like an eight stage kind of like the uh, uh, palaces of power. I actually think it's going to be more like the Emperor's Demise, where it it may just be like I don't well, I don't think it'll be a single stage. It'll be interesting um, how they do it because you know there'll be a stage for each star level. Or did did they do it that like that? I'm trying to remember Emperor's Demise. I, I think they did. Um, both Yoda and Emperor's Demise had multiple. Um, difficulty levels where you had to have certain uh it had a star yeah. cut off yeah, yeah. I, do, I just don't remember what the fights were like i thought emperor's demise was not just a single fight against the emperor i could be wrong though i think it no, was but i'm not it was. certain yeah or maybe oh, okay maybe it was i mean i could see it maybe being three tiers or something i don't think it was I think it was either one or three. I really can't remember, though. It's been a long time. So the description yeah. for the event says uh, it starts May the 4th. Obviously, what other day would it start? Uh, but it says the versatile sport droid R2-D2 has been seen on the Death Star. Gather your best Empire forces and defeat the famous crew of the Millennium Falcon to capture R2 in the Daring Droid. A very rare multi-tiered event. Um, Sounds like it is going to be like Emperor's Demise. And I, you know, for the life of me, I, I really think it was just one level. And it got, it got sequentially harder. Yes, that's um, what like I was, was thinking that final stage. Well. Remember, remember the chair turned around and it had awesome audio. And it was either like Emperor and a couple Royal Guards or Emperor and Vader and a couple Royal Guards. Yep. Yeah. So, I guess we'll find out Thursday, but, uh, yeah, something else I'm kind of interested to see, it says the famous crew of the Millennium Falcon. That would mean... <laughs> I know where you're going with this. The famous crew is Stormtrooper Han, Clone Wars Chewbacca. Is it Clone, Luke. Guys. Is it Clone Wars Chewbacca? <laughs> or are we going to see a new Chewbacca for this event? What do you think? Who- who looks exactly like the old Chewbacca. Of course. I mean, you, yeah. How much can you change a Wookiee? <laughs> right. Well, couldn't it be Raid Han? Or does it have to be Stormtrooper Han? 
Um, I was just pointing out that the famous like, crew of the oh, Millennium yeah. Falcon okay. doesn't actually exist in this game, really. Yeah. Right. Well, you have Leia, the- and you, you kind of have Luke, and then you have Raid Han. You just Chewie's the problem. Yeah. Chewie's always the problem. Yeah. So I'm going to be curious to see exactly who's there. Maybe we'll see a new character or something. Uh, I, I'll be honest. This is kind of off topic, but I keep hoping that they're going to give Han a, a rework of some sort. He's, I mean, every, most people probably have him at this point, unless you're a newer player, but he's one of those characters that was hard to get, and he just kind of stinks. Like, he's okay, but eh. I wish he was better. He had he had his heyday though in the you know when everybody was running fast droid teams in arena. Once you unlocked you know Raid Han, um, you are talking about Raid Han, right, and not Stormtrooper Han. That is correct. Yes. Okay. That that you know getting that first shot, regardless of how fast the the opposing team is. I mean, there was a point in time where that was a big deal. Okay, so I'm so glad you, you guys... bring this up. Uh... Uh, you guys ahead, appear to have a different experience than I had in Arena. So, uh, in my Arena, uh, in the heyday of Wedge lead, um, Raid Han was required because um, the fight was determined by whose Raid Han went first and could stun uh, the Wedge or the Bigs on the opposing team. Once that happened, the fight was over because there was no um, first turn taunters. I mean, the closest you could get was a Stormtrooper Han, uh, a super fast Stormtrooper Han, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, a Poe. But I, I think the speed bonus for Rebel Synergy made Stormtrooper Han faster. And so, you know, Raid Han in my shard was just... I mean, he was just a meta character, like uh, Emperor Palpatine was a meta character when he came out. So it's interesting that you guys think that, um, or your experiences were that he was really only useful against Jawa Engineer. I, I actually didn't see well, it remember back then. I don't have him geared up, I, and I, I don't for the wedge or the wigs meta, I I just had to have a faster wigs. Yeah. You know what I mean. But I understand what you're saying, Grayson. You, um, historically speaking, since you and I and Michael are, you know, we've been around since Shattered Order, the guild started, but you have historically kind of unlocked some of these raid-only characters faster, so maybe you had more of an opportunity to to use some, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, so I don't even know if he listens to this podcast, but at this moment, I'm probably going to talk about uh, two two members of my shard who have been in the top 10, as far as I can remember, way longer than I've been in the top 10. So that would be uh, Leroy Jenkins and Mift, and both of them have had... Uh, kind of the teams to beat for a very long time and uh, they were kind of the first ones out there with Raid Han and Mift has run uh, Rex lead for a very long time similar to me and um, so he ran Raid Han with a Rex lead um, and for the longest time I didn't have a Raid Han and so I was kind of playing catch up um, but th- that was definitely the situation on my arena. It was kind of like who shoots first and whoever does that and stuns wins. Interesting. So, all right. So, Raid Han, he had his 
his time in the sun, and that was basically it. He was used for one specific thing, basically. Y'all have looked over R2-D2. Do you think that's what he is? R2's, like, literally everything. He he has, like, half the tags in the game. Um, his abilities are ridiculous. He counters everything. Um, Two Zetas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it it's pretty ridiculous. I, I don't see R2 losing uh, popularity in the same way that Yoda did. So if you remember, Yoda came out, they nerfed him a little bit in terms of his, his damage. Yes. But he appeared in Arena, and then he disappeared very quickly. Um, I don't think that's going to happen to R2. Just because, oh. one, he synergizes with so many different tags, and two, his kit is just a solid support kit. That's true. Okay, yeah, so... I do think you're right. I do think that he's going to be on, like, every team. Doesn't matter if it's Sith or Rex or what. I think we're going to see him all over Arena for the foreseeable future. All right, let's dig into R2. But real quick before that, I want to mention a couple characters that you may need to farm if you're close, but just not quite there on unlocking R2, which will be a five star. Uh, from the Cantina store, Stormtrooper, really good way to go. You know, you can get 20 shards a day. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin from Squad Arena, Jerry from uh, Galactic Wars, we discussed. And then in the Cantina, your TIE Fighter pilot, he is the lowest energy Empire character at 10 energy. And then you have Snow Trooper and Royal Guard at 16 energy. So if you're a little shy, those are guys that you may work on to help make sure you can unlock R2. Because R2 is going to be pretty fun, I think. Now, let's dig into R2. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so like you said before, this dude has basically every tag in the game. He is a droid. He is a rebel. He is Galactic Republic, which is a new tag. He is Resistance. He's a support character, and he also is Light Side, which is really important, as we'll discuss. And that Galactic Republic thing, that covers quite a few characters, which is pretty cool, too. For sure. Now, let's get into his abilities. His basic is the Electroshock Prod. Deals physical damage to target enemy with an 80% chance to stun for one turn. This damage deals 30% more damage to burning targets. The damage is basically 4,100 to 4,500. Smokescreen has a four-turn cooldown. And uh, target ally gains foresight and advantage for two turns. All other allies gain stealth for two turns. R2 gains 40% turn meter. That is a four-turn cooldown Omega ability. Improvise, which is his second special. Deal special damage to all enemies and inflict burning for three turns. This attack cannot be evaded. Burning is the new debuff that is R2 only. And it is basically a damage over time and evasion down debuff. 
What do y'all think about those abilities so far? They sound pretty good. Yeah, I mean, already you're seeing, one, he has an ability that no other character has in the game, specifically burning. Uh, another thing is that he has... I mean, it's, it's not that all their characters can synergize with it, but he has synergies within it, or he has wombo combos, essentially. I think that's the better way to put it. Uh, similar to how when uh, Emperor Palpatine came out, nobody else had shock, but Palpatine yep. could shock and then stun. So R2 kind of has that same ability here. Um, and then lastly, his smoke screen. Uh, I think that's going to be really powerful i mean you're talking about giving stealth which uh messes with the other team's ability to target your guys um you know even in the case where they have like a boba or something you can't target stealth allies if there are non-stealth allies um and then you know his uh target gains foresight too which is incredible and something else with stealth is attacks from those characters cannot be countered so He's, in a way, a counter to General Kenobi as well. Yeah. Good point. Um, all right, let's go ahead and dig into his unique abilities. Uh, both of these I'm going to break down kind of separately because both of them have Omegas. Um, his full combat... You mean Zetas. That's exactly what I meant. Thank you. I mean, that's a lot of Omegas too, but yeah, Zetas primarily. Since um, apparently once you get endgame, Omegas are the bigger <laughs> bottleneck than Zetas. Yeah, don't even, no, don't even get me started. Bro. I know. Yeah, this is a whole nother road we could go down. Ugh. Never thought I'd hate Omegas as much as I do. Um, so his first unique is combat analysis. While R2 is active, all allies gain 10% critical chance and 10% accuracy. While R2-D2 is active... Whenever a light side ally scores a critical hit, it dispels all debuffs on them. Now, the last part of that ability, the while R2-D2 is active, whenever a light side ally scores a critical hit, dispels all debuffs on them. That's the Zeta ability. So, if you put Omegas on him, you will have the 10% critical chance and the 10% accuracy. The 10% accuracy basically uh, cuts... Mole's evasion in half since you know he has 20% evasion I think it's like 2% base evasion or something so you know a little less than half but you get the point um, but this Zeta ability is super cool it's ridiculous man <laughs> it's like um, it's like Palpatine's leader when it first came out like or Wedge's leader, right? You you never saw an ability that had that much stuff in it. And specifically with this, all allies gain 10% crit chance. That's pretty big That's in and huge. of its own. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get all allies gain 10% accuracy. That is almost like having an accuracy, like a free accuracy arrow on all of your guys. Yep. Um, and so, you know, um, you might have heard me talk in the previous podcast about how I don't like tenacity as a stat. Um and this came up in the Discord for the podcast. So I do like Tenacity as a stat. I just don't like uh, gearing or modding for it because it always has an opportunity cost. If you get free Tenacity, like in the case of uh, Veer's Synergy or Jerry's Synergy specifically, um, or you get free Accuracy, I'm all about that. And 
nobody else in the game, as far as I can recall, gives you free accuracy like R2 does. That's correct. Good point. Pretty awesome. Uh, and then his last uh, ability, the thing that's added with the Zeta of being able to cleanse yourself. I mean, that, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's like having all members of your team be uh, having the Barris ability or something. Or so, the Savage ability. Basically, you could have a bunch of debuffs and, say, ability block on someone. But, say, if you're using General Kenobi and they have Retribution... You could attack them, they could counter and yeah. score a crit, and then all the debuffs are gone off light side characters. Yep. Like that yep. is I mean, that basically turns fives and Ayla by themselves into cleansers when paired with R2. Like that's right. That's big. Now, the problem I have with this is it's only light side characters. I don't have a lot of light side characters to use. It's kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, think about the characters that that really crit hard, right? Um, I mean, you got Biggs, you got Wedge. You're not really seeing them as much anymore. Uh, you got Jedi Knight Anakin. You don't really see him as much anymore either. But uh, these characters were characters that fell out of the meta because they didn't really do anything except for high damage. Yep. Um, you know, maybe they'll come back with uh, the flexibility that R2 provides to the team. I mean, they can cleanse themselves now. They get increased crit chance, which, um, you know, for Anakin means increased chance to give offense up. Um, for Biggs and Wedge, it just, I mean, increased crit chance, right? <laughs> I mean, that's always yeah. good. So you might see a lot more light side characters become more viable. Because, as you mentioned, you don't have a lot of light side characters because the balance has tipped towards dark side. They did dark side reworks. They introduced Sith. Yep. Um, so maybe this is their way of swinging it back to light side. I hope so. We just need we need some more light side characters. Like we need some more really awesome Jedi. And I I, I really think that this like could Luke. yeah, like Luke. Maybe next month. That's my prediction. We'll see. But I really think that. This makes Ayla very interesting. I think she's the most interesting character um, that has been pretty irrelevant now due to R2. Am I crazy for thinking that? No. I was actually kind of wondering how he would do in a um, as the fifth man in a clone squad. Yeah. Because he, you know, they love crit chance up. Um, so that means you can mod for a lower crit chance ceiling and increase your offense and your crit damage instead and possibly your speed um, by giving fives the ability to shrug off debuffs. Yep. Um, that'll make him even more survivable. Could be mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, that could be really interesting. Um, so that's his combat analysis with a Zeta. His other unique ability is Number Crunch. Um, and it is also a Zeta ability. At the start of battle, R2 gains 10% max protection for each droid ally, 10% offense for each Re Galactic Republic ally, 10% max health for each Rebel ally, and 10% potency for each Resistance ally. At the start of battle, and when R2 revives... Other droid, Galactic Republic, Rebel, and Resistant allies gain 10% of R2's max protection, offense, max health, 
and potency until R2 is defeated. That second part is the Zeta ability. So basically his Omega ability gives him buffs on specific stats based on who's in his party, and the Zeta gives a buff to everyone else's stats based on R2's stats, essentially. I don't know that this is worth a Zeta. What do you think? It kind of depends on what you're looking for. So I think um, the bonus potency, I mean, his base potency is 33 at max gear. So, you know, 10% of that, you're looking at a pretty minimal gain. Um, But that could be enough to push you over uh, if you're doing something like the tank raid. Um, especially if you're doing phase four, uh, you're relying on R2 to buff the entire team with smokescreen or something to avoid the, um, airstrike from killing you. Um, you know, this, this could be useful, but as you said, it is nowhere near as amazing as the other Zeta he has with combat analysis, in my opinion. I agree. Yep. We are all on the same page there. So those are all of his abilities. Uh, his basic stats, he's pretty fast. He's 157 speed. Um, his potency is 33%. He has 46% tenacity, which I believe is the highest in the game now. He has a 5% health steal. He has 24,000 health and 22,000 protection. Now... One other thing to look at is the gear. Have y'all looked at his gear? I have not. I have not either. I mean, I know that he needs six tenacity discs. Yeah. A stun gun or two stun guns. No, he needs four stun yeah. guns, just to be clear. Oh, is that all? <laughs> That's it. It should be easy. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. No problem. So uh, we'll go through his gear real quick. He needs 250. MK3 Carbonis. He needs 200 stun guns. Now, to be clear, 100 of those stun guns and 100 of those Carbonis are in gear 11. So he does not need all of those to actually get to gear 11. But he will need those last two crafted stun guns to actually complete all his gear out. Now... He does need 120 holo projectors. That is six fully crafted holo projectors. Shoot me now. But I bought one this morning. Did you? Yeah. That's not a bad investment. I bought one too, actually. You're talking about the Mark Threes, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you also can buy them with credits from shipments and farm them up very, very slowly if you want to do that. Yep. So they're not, like, terrible. It's frustrating having to farm those over other stuff. That's what I've been farming. For sure. I've been spending all my energy on getting those dang things because I don't know if I'm going to gear R2 yet, but I want to have the gear to do it if I decide to. And getting six sure. of those things is a total pain in the neck. I agree. One, one other thing, I'm doing the same thing, Michael. I'm just starting to collect the gear. Um, but, you know, one other th- caveat is at least they're not, like, stun guns and stun cuffs are 
1400 crystals at least the tenacity discs are like 300 so that's true it's it's a pain and there's a lot of them but i tell you what i i'd rather 12 him need 12 tenacity discs than six stun guns that's totally true i completely agree so the good thing about the hollow projectors i i believe they're a little bit more efficient if you actually buy them from the shipments but they don't always show up in the shipments and you know, eight energy to knock out one of those battles. Uh, you can get, you know, 15 battles per refresh. If you figure a drop rate of getting, you know, like maybe four, three to four per refresh, probably three is probably more accurate. Y- you can get there. Um, they're, they're not horrible, but it's a little bit of work. Other than that, the only gear that's kind of a pain to get for him is, uh, AAT raid gear, which is the MK7 shield generator and the MK6 thermal detonators. Um, one of each of those, I believe, is in gear 11. I'm trying to make sure that is correct. But so you only need one of those to actually get to gear 11, which is a good thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh,. We've talked about this before. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it if it is a good thing or a bad thing, but I get all my tunes that I want to get to gear eleven, and then I selectively fill certain gear slots, like Boba with the the extra speed. Yep. You know what I mean? But like, I do the same thing. I I don't have I don't have I don't know if I have even a single tune that is maxed out with every single gear slot. I have Boba and General Kenobi. I think they might be the only two. Yeah, so just to repeat that, this, the stats of R2, you mentioned his speed is 157, which is quite fast. Yes. And I want to say that he is actually joint, he's tied as at the eighth fastest in the game with Yoda, which is just under Sidious. So that would put him like in the, you know, probably upper 10th or upper 12th percentile. I mean, he's he's really he's really fast. And then, yep. as far as his tenacity goes, he is slightly higher than B two, which is the second highest tenacity. So, so R two would be the would be the tune with the highest tenacity in the game. That's I will pretty legit. I will say this, um, guys. You know, a lot of times, like he does seem really OP on paper. But I think if we just look back historically, there have been other tunes that that maybe didn't look as great as R2 that ended up not even becoming meta. I'm not saying he won't. I think he probably will because he fits on so many different teams. But, I'm, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to be a must-have on every arena team. Do you know what I mean? Pro- like- yeah, probably not. I mean, one of the biggest things is that... Um, so, for example, I run a Rex team, right? So I run the most popular team uh, in the game, apparently, which is uh, Rex Lee, Darth Nihilus, uh, Beirut, and General Kenobi. And so I have three cleanses, I have one instant kill, and apart from that, I have no damage. So Nihilus really is the only way I can kill you. Um, and R2 is not going to change that. I mean, his his basic attack does, uh, what was it, uh, 4,100 to 4,500 or something like that. Um, and the damage multiplier is 200 
percent of his physical damage. So, you know, you're not talking about a heavy hitting support character here. You're not talking about an Emperor Palpatine. You're just talking about like a strictly support character who uh, allows you to cleanse, allows you to hit characters that would otherwise evade, um, allows you to gain buffs and allows you to uh, stun the opposing team. So yeah, the stun. Sure. It's nice. It's big, but it's not, it's not going to win a fight for you. You still need to kill them by doing damage. And guess what? If they have a Barris Zeta on your, on their team and you don't have a way around that, uh, R2 is not going to help you. Yeah. That's a good point. So, okay. What do you think he's going to do? The, the mall meta. Um, I, I think that R2 is going to be a fantastic counter to it. There are a lot of people that strongly disagree with me. I think that, okay, between the base accuracy, so if he's even on the team, mall teams are going to get, you know, basically 50% less uh, bonus turn meter from evasions. That, I think, is really big. Now, you lose a little bit of that because of the critical chance you're going to be critting more often, which also gives them turn meter. But... Um, the burn will basically finish off uh, removing turn meter, or not removing turn meter, removing the evasion. Now, uh, Savage with uh, Zeta ability will obviously be able to cleanse those, but he only does one of those per turn. Even though he gains the turn meter when damaged and everything, I don't see him being fast enough to be able to cleanse enough burns to really change things too much. What do you think? Well, you know I run Sith anyways, so um, I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't totally uh, destroy the mall um, meta. I don't have uh, Zeta Savage. Um, I have been talking to a few people, and I don't know if the Sith are totally going to go away, but you may need to run a different leader, like maybe Darth Nihilus um, instead of Maul. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I, I don't have I, have... I have to see an action. Um, my, I don't feel like my Sith actually evade that often so i don't know if it's one of those scenarios where when you're playing uh the ai um you know kind of seems to get like all the bonuses of that team but you don't always necessarily see that so i don't know if when people fight my team it evades a lot more than when i'm actually using it so from just the evasion if i'm not evading as much i'm if that's the only thing that it's going to take away from my team, just that I evade maybe even less then I'm, I'm not that worried because again, it's again, it's the speed thing for me, right? So running a fast Sith assassin. And so as long as I can go first and I can get Darth Nihilus's force steal off and then uh, Maul's AOE, that's what wins me the fights. Uh, it's not that the other team can't hit me because they definitely do hit me. I mean, especially in top 10 in my arena, I'll, I'm, it is not, it is not, um, 
it's not out of the ordinary for me to finish with two or three tunes alive, sometimes one. So, yeah, uh, I agree. I, I think that this is going to be effective against mall leads, but it's not going to be effective against you know, Darth Nihilus leads, which is the other option that Mm -hmm. uh, Sith players have. Additionally, uh, I definitely agree with Eric. The more important aspect of Maul's leader ability is that you get that bonus first turn, right? You, You get that faster first turn. And R2 doesn't really do anything about that. Um, now, what R2 does do is if you don't happen to have three cleansers on your team like I do, he does give you the ability to remove that daze, which is pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't, he's not a game changer, right? He doesn't inflict daze or shock or prevent turn meter gain, which I think is the, um, it's the other aspect of mall leads that is is what I would say the biggest advantage is. So if if I were to stack rank the the aspects of mall lead in terms of their benefit, um, I would say the highest benefit, the greatest benefit, is going first, having yes. the majority of your team go first. Agreed. The second benefit is gaining turn meter out of your turn, and the third benefit is not being crit. So um, you know that is one of the not the the aspects of r2 that is not a counter to maul and is is in fact probably countered by maul uh once you're once the opposing sith are stealthed it doesn't really matter what your crit chance is you're not going to crit them so there is that aspect you could ask how are they going to be stealthed in the first place well you have you know tunes like sith assassin who can stealth themselves or they could have an r2 on their team that would just stealth their entire team Here's part of the problem, though. With 20% evasion, that means they evade one out of every five attacks. If you do an AoE, somebody on the team is getting 20% turn meter, generally. With R2, especially if they're burned, that's being reduced greatly. So, stealthed Sith characters, they're not going to, they're basically going to be gaining no turn meter whatsoever. And because of how slow Sith characters are, most of them have some of the slower base speeds in the game. They'll still have the advantage on the first turn, but so many matches now last well beyond, you know, three to four turns that I don't think that first turn's going to be near as important. And I think that keeping them from gaining turn meter while stealth is going to slow them down enough that they're going to be much easier to defeat with R2. Sure. Uh, with regard to them being uncritable when they're stealthed, I think my point was more around things like there are some characters that gain very interesting bonuses or rely on critting. So for example, yes. R2 in a uh, clone team is not going to help you kill a mall team because they're still going to be stealth your yep. two, uh, 212th attack is still not going to work um similarly if you have like a lando or something yep. uh his aoe still isn't going to work because they're going to be stealth so yeah the the i think r2 addresses one piece of the mall lead it does not address the other two pieces which you don't have to address everything right rex doesn't address everything Correct. but he's still considered a viable counter um I do feel like this will cement 
Darth Nihilus as a popular lead in Arena because Darth Nihilus is, is currently being used to counter Rex, which is currently used to counter Maul. Yes. Um, once R2 is introduced, which is yet another counter to Maul, I think those Sith are going to naturally transition over to Darth Nihilus. Um, and that team is pretty tanky. So it's good in its own right. I agree. And one thing about if teams do do what we think they will do, which is switch to Darth Nihilus lead, that really opens the op- opportunity for fast characters, other teams to get that opening turn to try to get that early advantage. Because I yes, because you're not going to have that. You're that's not going to be as much of an edge with Maul anymore. Right. And and this is very interesting because it now opens up the playing field to even more teams. It opens up the playing field for a first order team where they rely on their advantage. Right. Yep. Uh, you couldn't really do anything with it with versus a mall team. But if all the mall teams switch over to nihilist teams, you now can crit them. Uh, it also makes resistance teams extremely interesting mm-hmm. with all their exposes and the gigantic health pools that the nihilist team has. So, you know, this, I, I don't know if R2 is going to be on every single team, but R2 does have the potential to shake up the meta in a way that some of the other new characters that have been introduced uh, recently have not been able to. So yep. Death Trooper, Krennic, um, uh, Gar Saxon, you know, these characters kind of were introduced that were interesting, but they didn't really shake up the squad arena meta. I think R2 is definitely going to shake it up. I think I'm glad you said Death Trooper because I'm very fascinated with him at the moment. I'm using him in arena. He is awesome against Rex and as you call him, Barut. Um, his double tap on them is really good, and I think he's going to be a lot of fun paired with R2 against Maul teams because that will give you a chance to kill that stealth. Hey, just for our listeners that are listening uh, who don't know who Barut is, it's uh, Shrut and Bayes. Yes. Right. I, I, so to explain this, um, I think that Beirut is a much more elegant way of combining yeah. these, this bromance. Right. Because Beirut is actually a word. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you could say, well, uh, what about the other bromances? And I don't have an opinion <laughs> other than wigs, which is also a real word. I like that. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'm going to put my soapbox away. Please continue. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, well, I think that mostly covers our discussion on everyone's favorite droid, R2-D2. Uh, and I think, Michael, I think in your the next podcast or whatever, once we actually have them, then I think you'll be able to kind of expand on some of the theory crafting and the thoughts that, you know, we just went over. Yep. And the goal is that next podcast will hopefully be recorded shortly after the event goes live and that, you know, like Dan and I will have beat it and we'll be able to give some tips on actually beating it. I am so excited about next podcast. I think it's going to be a lot of fun um, Cool for that and a few other reasons. Now there, we're still not done with all this update stuff. As you know, Veers has been altered a little bit. Who here's excited about that? Somebody who's not on the call. I yeah, know. I, I feel <laughs> a lot of joy coming from someone who's not physically on this call. I know it's so disappointing. Right. Um, 
So we're going to go over this. However, I think we're probably going to touch on this again in the next episode because I know Dan is going to have a hell of a lot to say about this. So we're going to go over it just kind of briefly and do a rough, you know, update on it because Dan is just, he was so excited about this part and we can't take that from him. Right. All right, so uh, Veers has obviously been updated. He has a new tag, Imperial Trooper. That is now a thing, which we will discuss here in a minute. Uh, They updated his abilities. I'm going to run through the game updates and kind of tell you what they did. On the basic, Daring Attack. It now also has a chance to grant speed up to a random Imperial Trooper ally who does not have it. The upgrade 7 now grants 10% damage instead of 5% damage, and the Omega now adds 15% damage and 30% speed up chance. Uh, The speed up chance was doubled from 15%. His, uh, His first special, Ruthless Assault, it now also calls all other Imperial Trooper allies to assist, dealing 40% less damage. Upgrade 7 now grants 10% damage instead of 5% damage. The Omega now adds 15% damage in addition to the previous bonus of 15% ability block chance. His leader ability is Imperial Assault Commander. He uh, gains... Imperial Trooper allies gain 20 speed, which is pretty big because most of those characters are quite slow. And then the Omega is gains... Imperial Troopers gain 10% turn meter whenever they gain a buff, in addition to the previous bonus of plus 4% offense. His unique is Aggressive Tactician. It now grants all bonuses to all Imperial Troopers. Gains, while Veers is active, Imperial Trooper allies have 15% crit chance. And it has a new Zeta. The Zeta is, recover 10% protection whenever an enemy is defeated, 20% offense up chance, and a 60% turn meter gain chance. What do you guys think about Veers? Well, first of all, his the most important change is that they changed his stance, and that change is a top tier change right there. Uh, if you look at his character model, they they changed it. Um, uh, I've seen people say that he's going to play a little bit like clones now. I can kind of see where they're coming from with the ruthless assault, which is like the uh, 212th attack, and then the synergies that um, the different clones give each other and and the turn meter gain. But I disagree. I don't think he's actually going to play like clones. Um, You're not going to feel the same level of synergy where every single trooper's basic attack helps another trooper. I think what you're going to find is that uh, with Veers as leader, uh, whenever Veers attacks and gives someone else a buff, their turn meter bar is going to go to 100% pretty much. So every time Veers attacks, 
another trooper is going to go almost immediately after. Um, because what are we talking about here? We're talking about a unique that gives uh, 50% turn meter and a leader ability that gives 10% turn meter. So 60% turn meter just by gaining a buff. Um, so that's pretty insane. Um, when they kill, they also snowball, which means that they just keep on going faster and faster, gaining offense up and speed up and things like that as they kill these enemies. Um, if you look at the way they've changed the kits of the individual troopers, um, you're getting a lot of individual troopers who have a much higher potential to do damage. So Jerry has been buffed significantly. Uh, Snow Troopers AoE has been buffed significantly in terms of mm -hmm. cooldown reduction. So you're going to see a lot of damage output. And the whole point of this team is going to be just um, filling up the turn meter gauges uh, because they receive buffs and then killing an enemy and filling it up again with each kill. Yep. Um, Eric, any thoughts? I think that if Virus had had this kit uh, in the beginning of the game, he would have been a top, you know, a top tune for Arena. Yeah, I, I like I like the changes. Uh, I think it's pretty exciting uh, with the trooper tag. I, I don't. You know, we, we were talking a little bit about Stormtrooper and whether he's viable now with these changes. And I, like, in theory, having, like, a, a Trooper-led Veers team, like, conceptually sounds really awesome. I just don't know if there, there's enough damage output to make it, like, arena viable. But yeah. I think the changes that they made to Veers, they, it looks good, uh, sounds fun. Um, I just don't know if, A, I would put a zeta on him and b i you know i don't even know why maybe dan actually got me farming veers like months ago and i got a lot further than i thought but um it, i still i'm still short at least 100 shards or something so this is kind of one of those things where i haven't poured over or spent a lot a lot of time theory crafting because it isn't even like a viable team that i could run without significantly altering my other long-term farming goals yeah um but i i think i think they made some good changes and uh, i'm excited to see how it how it plays out there's some people like dan that are going to be able to take this and and run with it and, and give us feedback and let us know what they think for sure. uh, so i'm excited are, for that are you saying that you accidentally farmed three stars worth of shards for veers Oh, I did way more than that. Like, like in <laughs> a year ago, in your impetuous youth, you you chose to farm Veers by accident. I, I have a hun I have one hundred and eighty eight shards. So whatever that is, <laughs> that's well, that's about a third, right? Because um, three the total is three thirty. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Not I don't bad. even know why I, I I just didn't have anybody to farm for a while, and so I was like, you know, and maybe it was actually you, Gig. It was like the I'm Empire, not going to claim credit. The Empire for Veers. Be, might, you know, might get a rework or something. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get ahead of this. <laughs> I could have said that, but I, I wouldn't have said Veers. Uh, very early on, um, the guild actually uh, turned my head towards Tarkin as a viable uh, fifth member instead of Veers for the potency challenge. And mm -hmm. uh, ever since I did that, I dropped Veers. And did not give him a second thought. 
I will say this for the reason that we're talking about right now. I really hope Veers is super awesome because almost no one's going to have him. And if he's super awesome, like you're, he's not somebody that's going to just take over arena. You'll see him here and there. So I, for that reason, I kind of hope he turns out to be super awesome. He'd be really cool uh, as a galactic war node. You know, you're kind of yeah. going through your galactic war, and yeah, then suddenly you see sure. General Veers with four troopers. Um, yep. And, you know, from a lore perspective, I think he's one of the most interesting Imperial military figures, because he's the only one who actually did something correctly. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, he was nice. tasked to blow up the shield generator, and he blew it up. And he then did? furthermore, uh, the did. way that he talks to Vader, he's like, yeah, you can do this now. So he's like telling Vader what to do, not in A New Hope where everyone told Vader what to do. This is like in Empire Strikes Back where Vader is a badass. So <laughs> as far as like characters goes, Veers is, he's ballsy and he's effective. So I would really like to see uh, him be effective in this game. It's it, his synergies though and his abilities are pretty complicated and it's very hard for me to predict the interactions totally you know agree. maybe that's just because i don't I'm, I'm not thinking hard about it or something but i mean there's so much going on it, it's not like um even a wedge lead right where it's just flat speed flat offense whatever um there's a lot of moving parts here and yep. the fact that you can have your choice of six troopers in a five-person team also makes it a little bit tricky because you got to figure out which trooper to drop uh, and just and to be clear, those six characters are obviously Veers, Death Trooper, Magma Trooper, aka Jerry, Shore Trooper, Snow Trooper, and Storm Trooper. So, yes. One of those you will have to drop. And it's probably going to be Storm Trooper. Not Jerry? Really? Jerry is <laughs> hacks now. Um, I'm good. Okay, so I'm going to put on my Dan hat for a second here just pretend that you hear vaping in the background okay um jerry is gonna be amazing because uh you know we were talking about r2 giving free accuracy jerry's gonna give free tenacity and it's a non it, it's not like an inconsequential amount it's quite a bit i think it's 30 percent tenacity or something yeah um and then his uh his grenade thing his aoe uh turn meter reduction uh, they've increased the chance of the second part proccing. So you get two chances to reduce turn meter. And if you proc both uh, chances, that I think it's a total of like 60% turn meter reduction mm -hmm. or something, which yep. in arena would be pretty devastating. Now, I mean, talking about meta teams again, if you throw it at a Darth Maul team, you're going to reduce some me turn meter and, and increase some because they're going to dodge it, right? But um, uh, overall, I think they really increased uh, Jerry's viability without really changing what he does, which is pretty impressive because he came out and then they introduced potency and tenacity of stats and instantly he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been terrible for over a year. Um, and then they just tweaked him a little bit and he looks very viable now, especially since he um, gives so much tenacity to, to everyone else. Yep. That is true. Well, uh, we will dig into this more next week, like we discussed, because I know Dan's going to have a ton to say about this. He's been talking about it for, you know, a week now. Um, so I'm sure he has theory crafted this, 
you know, to the moon and back multiple times. The only other things that I wanted to touch on super quick before we get out of here is there are two things that I've seen here recently that I think are pretty interesting as far as bug changes that have been mentioned by devs either on the forums or Reddit. Um, one is they're looking into Darth Nihilus's AOE doing a tenacity check. So as you know, currently, if you have tenacity up, Darth Nihilus is able to bypass that. Essentially, tenacity up helps reduce the chance of your cooldown getting increased by keeping debuffs off of you, even though you still have a 50% chance of that proccing. But they're going, they are apparently looking into making it to where it is more like, you know, turn meter reduction or whatever, where potency and tenacity actually do play an effect on that. And if they do that, that will be a pretty good nerf to Darth Nihilus because essentially now he bypasses Rex's pot or tenacity up and he can still increase cooldowns. If he cannot bypass the tenacity up, he's not going to be getting his Annihilate nearly as quickly as he currently does. So be aware of that. Yeah, something I would have liked to have them actually weigh in on before I spent 40,000 charge shop currency, which it took me, what, a year and a half to save. <laughs> I, yeah. The impression I got was that they were investigating this. I did not get the impression yes. that they had decided either way. So there Correct. is still a possibility that they won't change it. I, I believe the arguments went something like... Um, some people said, why doesn't this do a, a potency tenacity check? And CG responded, because there is no debuff. And then people countered by saying TMR does not have yes. a debuff, but it still does the check. And they said, oh, uh, well, let's look into this. So yes, they're not definitively saying they're going to change it. Um, and even if they do change it, I mean... Technically speaking, Nihilus has the kit to remove Tenacity up. So yes. it's, it's not going to be super terrible, um, but it will reduce his viability. He's, he will still be required to get rid of those pesky, you know, Barris Zeta leads and stall teams and stuff. But, yes. um, I, I, you know, he I may, look at this change and... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, he may require pairing him with Death Trooper if this actually goes through. You're you're just trying to introduce Death Trooper. I'm big as a on Death character. Trooper. I am. I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, suffice to say, there are multiple ways around this, and um, you can even use Wink's uh, turn order spreadsheet to set your Death Trooper to go right before Nihilus. There. Do you see what I did? I, I plugged one of your very nice one of your tools. <laughs> yeah, well done. From like a year and a half ago. Yeah, and just so Which we're clear, there is a great place that you can get that. You can join our Discord channel, and you can find it there. Um, but yeah. in all seriousness, shout out to all of our listeners that have joined. You guys are awesome. We've been chatting with you quite a bit. That has been a lot of fun. Uh, everybody on there is liking it. We've had some really good conversations. So if you're not on there yet, join. You can find it on the uh, join link on our Twitter or in the Reddit post. Uh, just wanted to plug that real quick. 
Yeah, no, it's it's been great getting, you know, all the different people, especially from other guilds and, you know, talking about their thoughts on the podcast and, you know, whatever's being discussed that week. It, it's been a lot of fun. It's been really great. Yep, for sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick was Vader's leader ability in the Rancor. Um, if you're using his Zeta ability to just hit auto and slash through the Rancor, uh-oh, maybe changing. Giggles, do yeah. you know um, why? <laughs> so... My understanding is that um, every time you go through a phase in a fight, so remember when we were talking about like places of power events or something where you have an eight round fight, um, essentially what's going on is every single round, the the 50% check that is happening to say uh, an Empire or Sith character attacked 50% chance, yes or no, remove turn meter it was stacking on itself. So it was like 50% and then 75% and then whatever it is, like 87.5% or, you know, whatever. It just kept on going higher and higher until it was almost 100%. Um, and so the change that they're making is they're trying to change it back to working as intended where you will only get 50%. Um, this bug, I think, is being addressed because... Uh, another Sith had this bug, which is uh, Darth Maul, and that was actually slowing down the game to the point where it was unplayable for some characters, for some people on some devices. So they're addressing these as a whole. Um, I don't know if Maul and Vader are the only ones who have this, but um, it should be interesting to see who else they change. And um, all I gotta say is, if you're thinking about Zading vader for rancor uh, rancor i would say don't even though they don't have a, a date for this change i would say um you know kind of grind it out with tebow yeah because tebow has been the hero for a year and uh i think he he deserves the kind of respect that no ewok has ever gotten in the history of star wars <laughs> right and like you said uh they have not given a date but they said soon so i mean this is something that they will be changing, you know, before too long. Um, well, I think that is for the most part that that's pretty much a podcast. Um, I do have something I want to, something really bizarre that happened. I want to kind of tell you guys about. So summer's getting here. I've been trying to get in shape. So I have a, like I have a little gym out in my shop behind my house so I'll go out there and work out and everything, and I've really been busting my ass trying to get in shape, and I haven't been getting the gains that I wanted. So I started taking some stuff to help with that, you know. <laughs> well, the other morning, I went to the cabinet to take it, and there was a note. Let, let, me, right. let me read you the note. The note says... Dear Wink, I'm sorry. I know you have goals that you've been working towards and that you spend a lot of money on this stuff, but I desperately need it. You've been making fun of me for almost a year now, and 
I think that this is a fair trade-off for all the criticism I've received. Do you know who signed this letter and who stole my stuff? (laughs) Who stole your stuff? Who stole your stuff? It was Jerry. Can you believe that? He tracked me down, came to my house, broke in, and stole stuff. That guy. Maybe you shouldn't have told him where you lived. I know. I was, I was trying to do him a favor. Trying to be nice. We should we should probably check in on Dan because as you know, every time Jerry shoots, his shot bounces off onto one of your allies. So Oh my god, sure I didn't even okay. think about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we need to check make sure Dan hasn't had something stolen. We'll check into that and we'll let you know, you know, if something happened to Dan. We'll we'll let you know about that next week. Sure. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks again to Eric and Giggles for joining me and helping me out on this episode. Um, always yeah, great to have us. you guys here. Yeah, no, it's fun. Yep, absolutely. Anytime. Awesome. And you can, all three of us are on the Discord channel, so you can come there, chat with us. Um, you know, give us some iTunes reviews, some upvotes on Reddit, whatever you'd like. Give us some feedback or whatever you'd like to hear. And until next week, later. Thanks, guys. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.